Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Greetings. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. This actually won't be as much of a NASCAR-oriented podcast. We've got Esteban Gutierrez and Romain Grosjean from the Haas F1 team as our guests, talking about the team's impressive debut season in Formula One. A brief backstory, if you don't know much about Haas F1, it is the creation of Stuart Haas Racing co-owner, Gene Haas, he decided that two years ago he wanted to start a Formula One team. That, of course, is a colossal undertaking, never mind the very sparse and sketchy history of American-based teams in Formula One. Uh, Just trying to start a team in Formula One, just planting that seed in and of itself, there are many who have tried and failed. So the fact that he wanted to do it with a base here in Kannapolis, North Carolina, where the Stuart Haas Racing NASCAR team is based, uh, that really caught a lot of people's attention. And there were many who didn't expect that it could happen. Uh, But it did. And after a little bit of of wrangling with how they were going to do this, initially the intent was to, to do most of the operations from North Carolina. They ended up going with a European Base. They do have a, a shop here next to their NASCAR shop in Kannapolis, but m- much of the heavy lifting is done over in Europe. And uh, what they did w- has worked so far. The Haas F1 team had a debut this year that was shockingly good. Uh, Grosjean opened with a sixth at Australia and then a fifth at Bahrain, and he has finished in the points twice since then. I don't think many people expected that that this team would be so good. So we talked with Esteban Roman about some of those highlights and also about some of the tougher moments for Gutierrez in particular. He was involved in a violent crash in the opener with Fernando Alonso. Uh, Gutierrez also drew the ire of uh, champion Lewis Hamilton in the race at Hungary. Uh, that led us into a discussion about how F1 driver etiquette works versus NASCAR. I think you might find that pretty interesting. We also spent the last few minutes 
uh, in an enjoyable chat about why both of these guys want to drive in NASCAR, but both of them really want to drive stock cars. And I think you'll enjoy hearing Esteban's enthusiasm about wanting to drive on an oval, uh, which certainly leaves uh, Roman, his teammate, uh, very amused. We appreciate you listening. If you're hearing us via iTunes, please leave a rating or a review, or please subscribe or have your friends subscribe. That really helps us out. There are many other options for finding us. Audioboom, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, virtually anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find the NASCAR on NBC podcast. Also check out those places for the NBC Sports podcasting lineup. If you're a college hoops fan, you definitely should check out the College Basketball Talk podcast. Rob Doster has cranked out many episodes there lately, looking at Final Four favorites that have flaws, uh, and also some previews of the Big 12 and the Big 10. NASCAR will be in Talladega with Sprint Cup this weekend. The broadcast schedule is easy. Everything is on NBCSN. Friday practices, Saturday qualifying, Sunday race. NBCSN all weekend as the round of eight is determined at Talladega. For Formula One at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, practices will be Friday uh, and practice and qualifying Saturday. Both of those are all on NBCSN for this race, which the Haas F1 team considers its home race, of course. That's why we had them on this week. And then Sunday's United States Grand Prix in Austin will be shown on NBC. So practice and qualifying from the Circuit of Americas in Austin will be on NBCSN, and you can watch the race this Sunday on NBC. And a reminder that all of our NASCAR and Formula One coverage always is available for streaming via the NBC Sports app. You can download that to your tablet or smartphone or always watching your laptop. So let's get to the conversation with Esteban Gutierrez and Romain Grosjean, which was taped at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We don't usually have two guests, so I think you'll, you'll be able to distinguish the two voices, and I tried to introduce them when possible. But just as a guide, Esteban's voice is a little softer, and he's also the first person you'll hear from after my initial question about their tour of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Esteban, Roman, thanks for being here. Let's start with here, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I understand you guys got some tours from, from Kyle Petty of uh, the, the, the surroundings here. What, what did you see about NASCAR, and, and what did you learn? What, what, what caught your eye? Well, it's amazing how, how different it is to, to Formula One and how back in the old days... Um, Everything was, I don't know, very straightforward, very natural, and, uh, and NASCAR has kept some of those things alive uh, up until today. Uh, when you see the cars, uh, they are uh, not very sophisticated. They are cool to, to see. They are loud, you know, and, uh, and that's, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting part to also get to know a little bit of the history and the heritage of of NASCAR. And I, saw, I heard you got your photo taken with Jeff Gordon's 24. Yes, yeah. I, I've always uh, followed uh, Jeff when I was uh, young. And when I was playing video games, I was always choosing his car. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did you take away from it, Roman? Anything? Well, I think it's, it's a great place uh, to be fair, seeing all the evolution and uh, the fact that, you know, like Formula One, a lot of things uh, have evolved from the driver's equipment to uh, the car. Um, the fact that it's um, it's a very different philosophy from what we know. It's much more like family and, and from one, from the father to the son or the grandfather to the father to the son and so on. It keeps going and that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, I think 
the passion, uh, the performance, and the competition are pretty much the same. Uh, and, and if you're racing, you want to win. But um, it's yeah, it was great to see all the cars and how they've evolved and so on, and um, and and see the history of, of such a big sport. Yeah, uh, sixteen crew members, I think, do your pit stops. And they have yes. price, and, and they have six. <laughs> do things like that, like, hey, what's going on here? This must just be completely different from we, what you guys. We are just used had to. a competition of uh, pit stop. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Who came out on top? Roman. Yeah. By, by point uh, what? Half a second. Half a second or something. It's very close. That was yeah. great fun. And yes. Yeah, I think you know it's. Yeah, it's good. The Hall of Fame is really nice because you can you can do the pit stop, you can see how it works, you can see the trucks, the cars, the, yeah. the trophies, some parts, amazing parts from from the past, and such a a big history. Um, I like I like the numbers. You know, number three has been Dale Earnhardt Senior, and then Junior. Number twenty four was Jeff Gordon. Forty one is Kurt, and and so on. Eighty eight Jimmy. Um, so yeah, it's. It's pretty good to see that, and then and then the cars and the team and the way it operates, uh, but it's it's very similar to Formula One on some aspects, which is great. Yeah, so this is part of a basically a two three day tour for you guys here in Charlotte. I know Esteban, you were here in January, and some of us spoke to you then. But I, yes. I would think you guys haven't been over here very much. And Mike Arning, the the PR director for for Stuart Haas Racing, was telling me that you're actually meeting some Haas F1 employees for. The first time is that right <laughs> that's correct <laughs> yes that's correct i mean we travel so much around the world yeah that uh, obviously you try to minimize the traveling uh, because for us it's important to have to be well prepared for each event um obviously we try to do our best to to meet with the team as often as possible um but yeah the operation here in uh, in canapolis um is uh, is as important as what it is in England. Uh, so we we made this time to to come and visit and try to put it on the schedule so that it's uh, you know as uh, as smooth as possible and not having to come back and forth on long flights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you do you get to spend much more time at the facilities in Europe? I guess. Or? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Europe is still the heart of Formula One racing. Still have six or seven Grand Prix in Europe, and then and then we go to Australia, China, Asia, and then we come a bit to the US. So yeah, the base are more in Europe, and the way the team operates is very different from every other team. So we've got Canapolis uh, for the HR, uh, marketing, and media, and some of the CFD. We've got Banbury where we build the car. We've got Italy where we we work as well with with Dallara. So there's a lot of factories. Uh, you know, for the team, and uh, at the, in the season, yes, there's more happening in uh, in Europe and in Banbury, but during winter or even behind the scene, the CFD which we're doing here in, in the US is very important to develop the car. And that's uh, comput computational fluid dynamics. That's like the aero, that's, yeah, yeah, aero stuff on the car. I guess is that the <laughs> the best way to describe it? I don't know. I cover racing and I barely know what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. Most of the time. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. That's 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 the co-work word, and and then yeah, it's doing. It's more or less a wind tunnel without using a wind tunnel, using a computer to estimate where the flow is going to go. And you mm -hmm. can do a lot of things on the computer that you cannot do on, on, on real life. You know, you could put a wheel without a suspension mm -hmm. to see how it interacts with the car. And, and then that's how the, the technology is taking part. Yeah. And then that goes, you know, that development goes to test in the, simu in the wind tunnel. Mm -hmm. And then it's where they can prove the real 
airflow uh, and different behaviors of the car, which, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you come with like a list of things you wanted to ask them about or check on if they're working or, you know, how, how did, when you, ha when you don't see anybody for the whole time you're racing for them, how do you, how do you say, Hey, nice to meet you. And then are you doing this, this, and this, like, what, what is that relationship like? Well, we are always in contact all the time because yeah. we, you know, in every race, we have all the engineers, we have the meetings. Uh, so we give our feedback, uh, constantly, obviously to come and visit them personally and speak to them face to face makes a, yeah, an important uh, is an important thing to do, um, but uh, but obviously all the information flows around the team uh, from our feedback on you know on every race. Mm -hmm. uh, Roman, you you just said I mean you, you've got Banbury, you've got Italy, you've you've got this base here. There there aren't too many F one teams obviously that are structured I would think in in this way. Did you have Maybe not concerns, but just questions about you know, how is this going to work approaching this in, in maybe a totally different way. No, I think I think that the whole idea behind Haas F1 coming to Formula One and with Gene Haas and Gunther Steiner has been very well thought. And and when I discussed for the first time and I learned about the project, I know it was going to go and what was the technical partnership with Ferrari, which is the biggest Formula One team. Um, the way we were going to operate and so on. I thought that was very clever and that could you know, give us a, a head start and it would be great from the beginning and uh, I didn't get it wrong. I mean, we started the season very, very strong because everything was ready. And, uh, you know, maybe why not one day we could, we could have the Canapolis uh, shop being much more used, but it would be more tricky in terms of logistic, um, sending the parts to Europe and so on, but the facilities are, are there ready to go. And the clever thing was that, you know, everything was ready here, but Gene and, and Gunther decided to make it a, a different way and use a, a factory base in the UK for the first few years and make sure we are using the model which works already in Formula One. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that, Esteban? Yeah, I think it's a very, very smart move, uh, especially as a, as a new team. Um, makes things more uh, simple um, and a bit easier terms of logistics um, but I think you know through the years with the experience of the team um, I'm sure that Jim has in, in his mind to to put all the facilities here in Canapolis right so it's a, it's a process that uh, takes a bit of time so eventually you think the long-term vision is everything will be based in I think in, so, in Canapolis yeah or a combination you know yeah first thing we we want to win a race and then see you know, <laughs> what we can do. I think if we're in Formula One is, is to win, and that's you know that's what Gene is, is trying to, what we're all trying to do, and uh, we find the best solution in the future to get to that point. Well, I, I don't need to tell you guys that I, I mean, Gene is regarded as a as a really big thinker. Uh, certainly on, on the NASCAR side, he's he's taken some unconventional ways of doing things. He's just. He's he's started cars and funded them out of his own pocket. In the case of Kurt Busch, uh, what what have you seen from him? And I know that you had uh, fish tacos with him a few times at Rubio's this year. <laughs> I don't know if you've gotten the chance to. to I do did. That yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you've gotten to know that that personal side of Gene. What, what what do you see from him that that told you that he could be a successful Formula One team owner? Um, I don't know. He. You know, when, when he speaks, everything is very clear, very straightforward. Everything is on the table. 
very honest. Um, so, yeah, is is a different way of thinking. You know, he doesn't think a lot of the glamour or whatever is around from Formula One or the sport. He he's more passionate about the technical side, about how things work, um, and uh, and about hard work. So that philosophy is very well um, placed in the team, and uh, and, I, and that that's what gave me a. A very good feeling from him uh, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when you look at his at his life, his career, he started Haas Automation uh, from scratch, and it's now one of the biggest CNC company in the world. He came to NASCAR, and as you say, created a new way of, of coming to the race, creating a partnership with Tony Stewart, mm-hmm. been successful, won, and then financed by most his own pocket. Kurt is doing the same with Formula One. You know, Haas is. He's the only sponsor you can see on the car uh, with Richard Mille, and he's, when he came to Formula One, everyone was like, "Yeah, well, you know, that, that surprised everyone, thinking this is this is a very different approach, and is that going to work?" And then, eventually, we got to the first test. All the equipment were ready, the car was ready, and everyone was surprised that it was it was ready to go from day one, and that's because the whole thing has been well thought behind and well organized, and. And as you say, that's that's Gina. Yeah. It, now, as you mentioned, there were. I mean, I think there were there were some that, especially given the history of U.S. teams trying to get into Formula One, who were a little bit skeptical. It, it, you know, can this work? Uh, and obviously, it has, and it did. But what what told you, both of you, before that first test, that this was a leap of faith? That this was something that you could commit to, and you knew that it, it would it would work out. Was there was there something that about this team that told you it was gonna it was gonna uh, work? To be fair, it took me thirty minutes of chat with Gene and Gunther on Saturday night at the 2015 Italian Grand Prix, uh-huh. and we finished the meeting, shook shook hands, and I know you know that was that's where, where I wanted to go because because they they told me a little bit. I like the characters. Um, I like the way they came from Ron. You know they did. I'm sure they had 20,000 drivers calling with a lot of money and saying, I want to be driving the car, but they were, we're not in a rush. We're an experienced driver. We want something good. We want to make it good. And, and you know, looking a little bit at, at Gene's career, you see he's been successful everywhere he went. Same with Gunther. And he's got a lot of experience in motorsport, both of them. And I thought, you know, if Gene is coming to Formula One today, it's just, it's just not to have an American team. It's to be successful at one point, and I wanted to be part of that mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Esteban, what, what told you this was the right move? Well, the the way uh, everything was done very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, when when we we spoke, we had uh, our meeting in Austria uh, last year. Um, it was. Yeah, very well understood. Also, you know, the relationship with Ferrari, how, you know, the team was going to work, all the, you know, the the equipment, how they were putting everything together, you know, you know and you see the background from, from Jean and from Gunther, like Roman said, and yeah, I think that uh, brings a big value to to this project, and, uh, and that's what I thought from the beginning, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was the right place to, to go. What was uh, what was maybe the the biggest challenge that that you foresaw for year one? What 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 had you most concerned or worried about? Like, how are we going to do well right off the right out of the box? 
Well, you never know when you start a new season. You know, if being an inexperienced team or a new team, first few laps of the car always the most important one because the driver gives you the feeling, and then then you know if the year is going to be good or not. Um, there was so much to do with the team uh, that it could be you know scared of everything. But I thought, let's see it on a different uh, aspect. I mean, the guys know what they're doing. It's been if it's got the money, it's got the structure, it's got the management. Everything is in place. Um, yes, the car could be bad, but if it's the case, then we have to move up. And if the car is good, then uh, then it's great. And um, same for next year. We're going to go in a brand new, uh, you know, regulation. Cars are going to change a lot. Are we going to get it right or wrong? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the excitement of going to the first race, where you eventually find out where you are. D- does that change in rules for 2017? The specifications is is that good? Maybe for a startup team that's in year two is it tell, i'll tell you that in march next year it could be it could be bad i mean we had we had a decent we had a good car this year and and we could have if the regulation had changed we could have worked a lot on it but we stopped very early to prepare 2017 because the idea was clear coming to formula one in 2016 being better in 2017 and then again 2018 doing another step forward so We've put the bar quite high up to start, so no, you know, we hope yeah. Yeah. we hope the car is good enough to get better next year. Well, even though the uh, the, the bar has been set high, you guys have had a, a good first season. I, you did well right out of the box at, at Australia, Ramon. I know that Esteban, you, you've you've had moments where you've qualified. You guys both made Q3 at Japan for the, the first time most recently. Yes, that must feel good. To, it seems like as the season has gone on, it's not like the performance is majorly tailing off. You're still making improvements in qualifying in this instance yeah i think we can uh, continue to to improve in our level of consistency in all the the strategy um all the the things behind i think one of the most challenging part of building up uh, the team from from the beginning was to to get all the people integrated uh, the right communication the the right flow of uh, I don't know the right process uh, took a bit of time and uh, and now things are much more better and uh, and I think we are going through a yeah a very you know positive path on that side. When when you were here in January, you told us your goal was top tens. Yes, I would think it must be extremely frustrating to have five elevenths uh, yes. so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is uh, frustrating, especially because I've been pushing all all I can, giving my best uh, in every in every part of, of the season. Uh, at the beginning, I had a lot of uh, technical problems uh, in my car, and uh, yeah, later on, the competition has been increasing and increasing, so yeah, I mean, and doing my best and uh, and I will keep doing it uh, until the last uh, race of the season. And for you, Ramon, was your goal points this year? I mean, do you feel like you guys have pretty much met what you had intended to achieve? Yeah, the season? first goal was to score one point early on the season, uh, which we did from the first race. And then the next goal was top five, which we did on race two. And then when you're there, you think about, you know, next target is the podium. And then when you're on the podium, would be the win. Um, obviously, we diversed a little bit from the, the mm-hmm. podium, but... Uh, we're still doing great. It's such a, a competitive championship. Um, some team becomes much stronger, like McLaren on that. They picked up the pace a lot. So, you know, that's two cars that are a bit ahead of us. Um, 
some are dropping behind to the end of the season while we're quite you know, we are getting our way back to uh, to the front so um that's all very encouraging for next year yeah uh, going back to your season esteban i know that it's it hasn't been what you wanted but it has been memorable sometimes not for the right reasons you had that horrific shunt with with alonzo at, at the beginning of the year what, what, what you know what was that the worst crash you've had not a racing you know how what was that like going through that it must have been something yeah, it was uh, scary to to see Fernando fly uh, over, and then yeah, one of the most uh, one of the worst moments of that crash is that I looked in the mirror after my car stopped, and I saw Fernando straight away out of the car. So I thought that he came out during the crash, right? So this is not uh, very common in Formula One. So that that moment, I thought. Oh my God! It's uh, you know probably came out of the car, so I jumped out of the car straight to him. And I said, "Are you okay?" Yeah. You no, know, it was a uh, it was a bit of a scary moment, but uh, luckily everything went well, and uh, there were no um, no big uh, you know injuries or or anything. I mean, Fernando didn't do a race after that because he had some pain, uh, some ribs, which were not were not fine, but he recovered quickly and. Um, yeah, luckily nothing happened. Yeah, that's quite a way to to make your debut with 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 the team, uh, and fortunate that that there wasn't anything further that came from it. Uh, the other incident that I think a lot of people have talked about this year, of course, which you know made made waves in this country as well, was was the Lewis Hamilton uh, <laughs> situation at Hungary. Yes. Um, and I I was reading up, uh, doing some research for this, uh, and I saw that Gunther Steiner had said recently that he felt like that was the start of some guys maybe piling on unfairly on you and 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 saying hey like you know what what wh- why are you in the way and and it, Gunther was obviously saying that it, it's solely because of of what happened at Hungary that that sort of like opened the, the gates to that have, have you felt as if you've been picked on a little bit d- during your first year with the team because of that um well I mean I'm ra- I mean I'm raising on the limit in every sense mm-hmm. um trying to minimize the loss of time on their blue flags is part of me pushing to the limit to get on the top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uh, other uh, goal than that. So, you know, it's uh, when you race, you, you try to, to optimize everything, uh, be as efficient as possible, be as quick as possible uh, in every detail. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've been working through that and uh, yeah, sometimes you cross a bit the line, and then you come back a bit, and then you 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 find yourself in the in the right uh, the right place. Now the fact that everybody's going against me with uh, with that, uh, it's part of the game. I mean, I understand that for some people it's not a benefit to to be uh, uh, you know with blue flag cars, but they have to understand that we we are still racing as well. You know, mm-hmm. we are doing our race, so. You know, it's a there's a rule, and uh, you try to to follow it and try to do as as best as as possible. How does F1 driver etiquette or relationships? How do they work in that? And NASCAR, we just had a driver, Joey Logano, tell us that he feels as if he has to call every driver now when he has an incident because last year another driver, Matt Kenseth, wrecked him and kept him from winning the championship after he felt like he didn't basically apologize for spinning him out of the lead earlier it, it does that i'm just curious like the dynamics in f1 are they 
they similar to that or are they completely different? Do drivers talk to each other? How does that work? Yeah, usually if you have an incident, you try to speak to it about it face to face. I think that's the best way to to clear the air. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and that's the way I always do it. Yeah. So you did talk to him yeah. after that. Yeah. R- Roman, what, what, what's your take on that about how drivers in F1 interact? Well, I think, you know, it's you can always reach another driver if you want if you want to speak. Uh, I think yeah, face to face is the best way. Um, I think you know what Lewis did wasn't right, and mm-hmm. if you had had our car, then you know it would see differently. It's very easy when you you know winning every race uh, and complaining a lot, but on the other hand, other people are, are fighting as well. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't correct. Um, clearly uh but yeah after that the best is just to to talk and uh, we have we've got the driver's briefing on on friday night all gone please and we can talk about issues and so on i'm sure there's in austin there's gonna some are gonna come up from the last race uh, and so on and then you've got everyone's point of view and and everyone you know gets more knowledge Mm -hmm. what's been uh the highlight for you this season was it was it the first point? Was it the first top five? It well, I think the two first races were, were definitely the, the highlights. Uh, maybe Melbourne, we were lucky with the red flag, um, but then we managed to hold on to sixth place um, and scored the first points for the team for the first race. Um, so that was that was pretty unbelievable. And then and then we went to Bahrain and I finished fifth, and I was fifth in the drivers' contract construct, uh, championship and the constructor we were fifth, fifth as well. So, you know, for a start, that was uh, amazing. And um, I was in front of Vettel, I think it was a Ferrari. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, has been some other good moments, uh, some other good races. And, and as I say, so far, we've been struggling to put all the pieces of the puzzle together because uh, there, there are a lot of them in Formula One. And um, it's just part of experience. Uh, and the first year, and we go to to US Grand Prix. It's the first time we're gonna drive on on Cota with the car, so we don't know which setup to start with, and so on. So you know, we're always a bit on the back foot compared to other people. But um, next year, it's not gonna be the case anymore, and it will be easier to uh, put everything right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. What what is this? Obviously, this is the start of a, a North American swing here. Uh, the USGP, which of course is is a, a home track a home track type race for for the team, and then for US Debon after this, there's there's Mexico. Um, was this a highly anticipated part of the, the the season for the team? And I know it's it's probably not quite like Ferrari going to Monza yet, but like is this is going to Austin like a big deal? Yes. <laughs> for for the team, yeah. As a new team, as an American team, <laughs> it's a big uh, a big moment for us mm-hmm. to race in America. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how the fans interact with us. You know, it's it's going to be great to see how many banners we get on the grandstand and, and what's the support like and, and so on. And, you know, it's been 30 years since we don't have an American team uh, lining up on the grid. So uh, as, as old as I am, uh, yeah. so, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. Do, do you feel as if it's started to make inroads? I and mean, there's always the talk about how does... F1 catch on in America. Do you feel as if uh, your team is is doing that and and fostering some support? Yeah, I think we are. On, I mean, on, on social media, I could see that the United States grew up massively on all my uh, the percentage of my followers, which was great. Uh, I wish we had more races in the U.S. because it's such a big country, between East Coast, West Coast, and so on. You know, we could have 
two or three Grand Prix and, and making sure there's always a lot of people coming in. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, yeah, things have uh, have changed and people are, are, are really following us. So it's going to be interesting to see how Austin goes. Yeah. After Austin, obviously, there's the Grand Prix of Mexico. Uh, and you, th this is the second year that the race has been back, but you didn't get to run it last year, right? Yeah. Esteban, so. yeah I, was, uh, I was the third driver last year. This year I'm going to be racing uh, for the first time Formula One in my country. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can imagine how uh, important are these two weeks because as an American team, we come to race in America and then the week, the weekend after uh, as a Mexican driver uh, to race in Mexico. So it's, uh, it's going to be very, very nice. Uh, I'm very excited about it. And um, yeah, I feel in a privileged position to, to, to do that and, and to leave, uh, to leave those, uh, those moments in a very intense way. How many uh, friends, family members will you have at, at that race? Do you know yet? <laughs> on, on, only, <laughs> family have and, only family and friends have like uh, 100 tickets. Oh, 100, <laughs> really? Like <laughs> <laughs> so no pressure on you then no to do well. <laughs> <laughs> it's about enjoying. It's about enjoying, about sharing with all, with all of them. Uh, they have supported me uh, from the beginning, and uh, it's fantastic to to be able—I mean—to know that they will be there uh, supporting. And it's a huge, huge motivation, a huge push to to mm -hmm. everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. For next season, you are set with coming back with the the, the team. Is that right? <laughs> or at least so I've read. We've got a good relationship. We've done some good job, and, and from the beginning, you, you know, it shouldn't be a one-year, uh, one-off experience. So I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I'm gonna be able to uh, improve my American translation in the future, <laughs> which is far from being good. <laughs> and Esteban, I saw you recently commented that you you hope to be back. The team is just kind of waiting to see the, what happens the next four races but you you're, you're hoping to return with the team as well next year yes exactly i think is a is a fantastic project we've been through a lot together uh, on the first year um and i think we have uh, yeah plenty of room uh, ahead to to keep growing so mm -hmm. i hope is is that way and uh, hopefully it's uh, together with with us have you guys seen, knowing that you're heading up to Canapolis from here, uh, have, have you seen much crossover between the NASCAR and F1 teams? Has, has there been any sign that, like, what's happening in the Sprint Cup and the NASCAR level over here is has transferred, or have they sort of just been very independent so far, you think? I think it's, it's pretty independent because the technology are very different in the two, you know, uh, championship. We had we had Kurt Busch coming to the European Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. um, I'll uh, I'll see if I can come to Miami Homestead if we've got uh, drivers oh, yeah? fighting for the the final part of the chase. Um, and having some of the guys uh, at the CFD may have come from from NASCAR uh, on our team, which which is great. And and the two shops are next to each other, uh, which is good. But then it, I think it's it's very two very different um, philosophy of working on a car. So it would be difficult to uh, to swap information. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you guys met Tony or you, you, I guess you've both met Kurt, right? Kurt, Kurt, yes. Kurt, yes. But you haven't had a chance he came to meet. To Baku. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. I, I wish you know. I'll, I'll 
it would be great to to meet all the guys and but the problem is i've, I've got 38 races per year we've got 21 <laughs> yeah not on the same part it's of the world so fine uh, hard to find that intersection but maybe maybe homestead miami speed yeah right it would be it would be good i mean uh, i'll yeah. need to speak with the wife and the kids but yeah it'd be great to come yeah do you have any plans for nascar race uh, i've been events? to one nascar race oh you have okay yes. which one was that uh, it was i think it was back in 2011 okay or 2012 huh. 2011 yes okay uh with uh, with fast enough uh, okay yes um was very interesting very it was here in charlotte actually oh okay yeah gotcha i remember well yes. the problem is that when you come to race then you want to race you don't want yeah. to yeah yeah <laughs> so, it's gonna end up me trying to chase this chain wheel and get Give me the car. Well, that actually leads to my next question because I I know there's been some talk about stock cars in both of your futures. Perhaps uh, you you explored maybe running Watkins Glen. Is, yeah, is it's, right? it yeah. would be a, a road circuit. Uh, Overs mm-hmm. I think are too specific and it would be, it wouldn't it would be dangerous uh, for everyone and for myself. Mm-hmm. So road course, why not? Uh, I'd love to give it a go. Uh, try a few, you know a day or two of testing and then see what we're doing and and from there have a go um mm-hmm. it's you know i do go-kart i do ice racing i do formula one um nascar is i love driving so nascar would be a really good thing to try hmm. what are you interested in finding out about a stock car versus a formula one car i think it's it's everything is different i mean the driving style we, we break very hard very late i've heard in the nascar car you need you don't need to break so hard and then release the brake when you turn in the race are much longer the first few p- part of the race, you set up your, the car for the final stretch after the last cushion, mm-hmm. where it's really going for you know for the win. Uh, Formula One is all about the first five laps, where you make a lot of position and then pit stop, yes or no. But once you know where you are after the first few laps, it's it's kind of done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and NASCAR is almost the opposite. Um, and yeah, I think. It would be very different, uh, not being in the center of the car, having a gear shift, uh, you know, a few things like this, but it would be a great experience. So it would be fun because it's a challenge, basically. Yeah. Something you well, I mean, and you're fighting against the best driver uh, in NASCAR. Right. You know, and, and they know what they're doing. They're very good drivers. They've been doing it for generations. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's it, it'd be nice, a nice challenge, a nice experience, and I'm sure we'd enjoy it a lot in the car. How how far along did you get in the pro? Did you get Gene to, to commit to <laughs> letting you? I sat, yeah. I sat on the car. Uh, you sat so, in the car, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been done. Uh, we were looking at the schedule. It was too tight this year. Uh-huh. We'll see when Formula One schedule comes out next year and, and what we can do, but uh, definitely something I would try. Okay. I guess what's tricky is because of NASCAR's testing policy, it would be hard for you to get some laps before a race weekend, right? Yeah, that yeah. would be the trick. I don't know. It goes in the winter. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you there's a freedom of testing so, through winter and so on. But yeah, it would be. I mean, coming to the race, never have driven the car before, would be a bit too, too harsh. Too extreme. Uh, too extreme. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see what we can do. Yeah. For me, it's all about the curiosity, just to try something completely different. Yeah. 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 And have you leaned on Gene at all as well, Esteban? Yeah. Have you I, I, I it? mentioned yeah. once. Yeah. We should do it. We should do it as an activity, team activity. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wait, what what are you curious about? I know that your good friend Daniel Suarez yeah. obviously is, is doing well in the Xfinity series. I don't know if you've talked to him about 
th those cars that, that he's driving. What what are you curious about learning about a 3,400-pound stock car versus what you, you drive normally on weekends? It's just curious about the different concepts, about something totally different. Uh, if I would try it, I would like to try in an oval. Uh, yeah, just to, I don't know. It doesn't like the cone. Totally, <laughs> totally, no, just something totally different, you know. So could be, it could be interesting just to go flat out and feel the limit of the car all the time. I don't know. Are we? I'm sure we'll go pretty quickly <laughs> to the limit. <laughs> Oops, that one is wreck. I wish we had a camera here so everybody could have seen the look that Ramon just gave Esteban when he said he wanted to try this on Oval. Uh, yeah, you know that... <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe we should do it with Daniel Suarez. Huh? <laughs> we switch the cars. Maybe. Well, this sort of gets into a discussion I have with drivers. Uh, I mean, I think that there's a perception that road course racing, street racing, is just inherently more difficult than oval racing because you're, you're shifting, you're, you're going left and right, you're, you know, elevation changes, whereas oval, it's just round and around and around and around. But is that a little bit of a miss? conception it sounds like i mean it's not it sounds like you guys would expect that oval racing is a little more difficult than just turning i think left. so i've, I've yeah. got a friend which which went up to formula 3000 in europe so he was a really good driver and he, he tried once on the ovals and he told me this is the most difficult thing i've ever done really the car's already not straight on a straight line which is weird and then to find the limit in the corners is so difficult because you know it's it's very different from everything we've been driven with the banking and the, and the speed and how to find the slide and the limit and he told me it's it's easy in, in somehow to get fast but to go then to the top 20 or top 10 you need to understand everything and and normally you crash at that point yeah <laughs> <laughs> sooner or later you will crash and that's the experience that takes you to the next level yeah you can't really find the limit until you've crossed over it right exactly. it's kind of the problem yeah, i'm not quite sure i really want to try that 200 miles an hour okay. well escobar's ready clearly yeah, i'm ready, well, yeah, I'm ready he's for going it. for the ovals i'm going for the which, which oval would you like to try ah Go for a big one. Tell yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, they're racing here this the weekend. Craziest right? one. The craziest <laughs> one. I would go. Yeah. No, the short one would be fun. Which one is the very, very short Martinsville, one? Martinsville, which is one? where they're at the week after this okay. race. Yeah. That one would be fun, I think. To me, it would be more fun than, than the big one. Yeah, yeah. How is the concept of, I mean, Martinsville is really flat, whereas Talladega has like 36 degree banking. Does that, does the banking intrigue you at all? I mean, because I guess you guys probably aren't accustomed to that at all and what you're well, racing we've these got days. a few corners with a bit of banking yeah uh, in germany and so on uh not 46 degrees for sure um, <laughs> yeah yeah it must be it, I, again it must be very different because the slide of the car must be different the g-force goes more vertical than than longitudinal so um yeah yeah that's why you know having it you need to be a specialist to be to be good and if i come to something i want to be able to compete at the front so okay overalls would be too difficult Okay. Well, certainly hope uh, to see both of you at a race in the future. Maybe racing, but um, hope to see you at Homestead Miami Speedway for the NASCAR finale run on, and, and as well you, Esteban, if uh, we can get you out to another NASCAR race, we'd, we'd love to have you. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Our thanks again to Roman Grosjean and Esteban Gutierrez for providing their time and for tolerating my questions, as well as my Americanized pronunciation of their names. I, I did my best. I did take French in high school. So hopefully I somewhat pronounced one of their names correctly, um, but apologies to anyone who was amused by Americanization of Formula One. 
Uh, I've certainly watched my share of F1 races over the years. I'm not as well versed as I am with NASCAR with Formula One, but I enjoy it. So uh, I do appreciate their patience with my questions. Uh, much gratitude as well to Mike Arning. He is the head of communications for Stuart Haas Racing and the Haas F1 team for coordinating the conversation and offering the drivers up during a very busy day. Mike and his entire staff at True Speed Communications have supported this podcast, so many thanks for that. And thanks as always to Tess Quinlan for producing the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Again, you can subscribe on iTunes for automatic downloads of new episodes. And as always, the NASCAR and NBC podcast also is available on Audioboom, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, any method of listening to a podcast. Also check out those places for the NBC Sports podcast lineup. And if you have ideas for uh, guests, suggestions, questions about the NASCAR and NBC podcast, you can always reach me on Twitter at Nate Ryan. Please send me feedback there. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate it and hope you enjoyed it. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.